Well, this is The New Activist. My name is Eddie Koffeltz, and it is a joy to be with you today. I have been excited about this show for quite some time because it took a lot of organization to get it together because there's just a, a bunch of different moving pieces today. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to hear uh, from my friend, speaker, author, podcaster, great person, Annie F. Downs. And Annie is on the show, and she's on the show both to teach us a little bit from her experience, but also to interview, to be the interviewer for an organization called the Christian Appalachian Project. And so it is just a joy to have her on and to be really on a journey with her as she learns about something she is interested in and processes it really all in real time with us today on the show. It's going to be kind of a fun flip of the script. Here is my friend, Annie. Annie, how are you doing, pal? I'm great. Thanks for letting me be a part of the show. No, I love that you're on this show because we are friends in real life. And <laughs> the way you uh, the way you are, I have been on your shows many times. We've had yes. so much fun, complete silliness. And this so fun. Yes. And, and one time I said, <laughs> if this embarrasses you, tell me I edit it out. But I said, hey, I really want you to be on the new activist. And do you remember, do you remember what you said? I said something like, I don't care about things. <laughs> That's right. You said, I don't really do anything. And I was like, yeah. well, that doesn't, that doesn't feel good. And, and then, <laughs> and then we had the idea of, well, what are well, you? Well, let me clear up that, yes. that what I said is that's just not my lane. I'm not known for doing, doing <laughs> activist kind of things. I do <laughs> give money to places. I'm a, partner with Compassion International, no, no. but I'm just not an activist per se. No, you said, quote, I don't care about anyone or anything except yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah, it. I did say that, but I think that was in a different conversation. <laughs> right, that's right. Okay, yes. So there was just not a like, we, we were looking for an angle, but then you shared right. with me that you have, like you saw something one time about Appalachia and we started talking about this. Can you just tell me everything? Yeah, it's really interesting. Something that I have, since I was in eighth grade, I, in eighth grade, I read the book Christie by Catherine Marshall, and it is a book about a teacher who teaches in rural Appalachia in Tennessee. And I just fell in love with the book. I fell in love with the people in the book. I, I can't explain it except to say that I felt this real connection with this people group. And it has stayed with me forever. When I was in high school, I went on a mission trip to uh, Kentucky and from Georgia. And it, I mean, it was the most impactful. I saw things that I did not know existed in a drive away from me. I saw poverty that you see on television when they're showing us the worst parts of Africa. And it was literally on the same interstate I lived on. And I wow. had no idea. It broke my heart, Eddie. I mean, I, I, there was a family, we went to help them, um, like restore some of their home. And it was a mom and four kids, a two-story home that was just super dilapidated and no doors, no windows. They all slept in chairs. I mean, I'm not telling you a story I didn't see. I'm telling you what I saw as an 18-year-old. They wow. all slept in chairs, like um, armchairs, and they offered to make us lemonade. And they hmm. go and take their pitcher. One of the, the boy was probably eight, takes his pitcher and goes and scoops water out of standing water that a dog is standing in and makes us lemonade. Wow. And I was like, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen anything like this. And these are my neighbors, like literally my neighbors. And so from that point on, there's it, kind of in the background of my adult career as, as an author and a speaker, the conversations we keep having are, we've got to find a way to help the people of Appalachia. Like I have a platform now, I have an ability, we've got to find it and we just never found it. And so when you and I are talking, all of a sudden I went, 
Mm. Oh my gosh, Eddie, is there any way we can find someone who is doing work for our neighbors? I'm a big believer in doing international stuff. You know that, but there is something about the fact that even right now where I sit in Nashville, I'm an hour drive from some of the most impverished counties in our nation. Wow. And I don't do anything. I don't do anything. A first first world nation. And that that is just a crazy reality to me. I, which, which is why- oh, they couldn't go to school, Eddie. These kids at this house could not get to school because the bus could not come up into the mountain where they lived. The mom had no gas in her car to drive them down the mountain. Wow. So they just don't get to go anywhere. And so they stay there. And so this partnership we were with there, this organization was w- w- delivers food mm. to them and was trying to help them. It's a family they had just found, literally just found, mm. and we're helping them for the first time. I mean, it's it's unbelievable that back there in the haulers of Kentucky and the haulers of Tennessee and West Virginia, you don't realize how blocked they are because the mountains are high everywhere and the interstate is two hours away. And so they are they literally stay in their community. And don't have income and don't outs- outsource anything. I mean, they maybe have TV, but they don't see our culture. Like it's insane, Eddie. It's it insane. is like a world inside of a world that I, I to be yes. completely yes. honest, I did not know anything about. And so when you started talking to me about this, I just went to Google and started, I was like, I didn't even know this was a, th- a thing. And I found, I guess, was it an old like um, Dateline or 2020? Yes, it's a 2020. Yep, I've watched it a ton. Yeah, and they talk about an organization called the Christian Appalachian Project, um, which is actually you're going to be interviewing here in a few moments. Guy Adams, who's the president and CEO, just can you preface the conversation a little bit? What was, what what are we about to walk into together? Yeah, so here's the first thing you should know about Guy. He loves God. He mm-hmm. loves these people, and he is one of them. Like mm. he grew up there, right? He grew up there and left for about 20 years and then came back as the president of CAP. And wow. now is like, they have like, I mean, you're just going to be blown away, Eddie. They have like 14 different programs. They serve 13,000 people a year. So that's like 35 people a day that they serve and change their families, right? Like, so count mm. each of those people represents a family. Mm. And that's just with their direct, pro- that's just with like feeding and healthcare and home improvement. I mean, it, it's just incredible. And so he is, you're going to hear him. He sounds like a man from the back roads of Kentucky. And he has he a great is, voice. He has a great voice. And he yeah. is serving, uh, I, I, what I can't shake, Eddie, and you'll. Uh, we talk about this in the interview, is that the Appalachian Mountains, uh, Appalachia takes up 13 states. It touches 13 states in our nation. So that means 13 states worth of our listeners are neighbors with some mm. of the poorest people you cannot imagine and don't. I mean, when, when I think of poor in the U.S., I think of inner city. I think of inner city families who are living in, you know, massive apartment buildings in Chicago. And right. that's true. But there right. is another suffering demographic here that we need to partner with. And I'm going to. I mean, like when we finished talking, I said, OK, this is the first conversation, guy. This is not the last one. We're doing something. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's hear this conversation and if you can stick around to the end, let's yeah, sure. uh, let's chat a little bit afterwards. Here is Annie F Downs in conversation with Guy Adams. Well, okay. So, guy, let's just jump in. Tell me a little bit. Just kind of give me an overview on Christian Appalachian Project and then I'll tell you why it matters to me. We are clearly a Christian organization. However, we were founded by a Catholic parish priest who uh, 
in his early days and even prior to going to seminary and after seminary, during and after, was sent into eastern Kentucky to minister to people. And in those days, as he likes to say, that uh, as a as a Catholic, he was about as welcome as a porcupine at a balloon factory. <laughs> uh, we, we just don't have a lot of those. Uh, we have more than we once did in eastern Kentucky and central Appalachia. Uh, but he found a great need and wanted to respond to that need. And so he just started um, meeting the needs of people. And initially that was food and clothing. And in time, he saw the great need to help people with with shelter, uh, what we refer to now as homes that are safe, warm, and dry. What CAP has always been about since our founding uh, by Reverend Biting is meeting the need of one person, one family at a time, changing the life of one family, one individual at a time. Mm -hmm. And so while we focus on outcomes through our 16 uh, human service programs, we take a very holistic approach. That's one thing that one thing that makes us different because most human service organizations have one or two or three programs. We've got sixteen, and, okay. you know, different sizes and shapes. And so, how many different states are y'all serving? Because I think when people think about poverty in the U.S., they think of inner city, and they don't think about yeah. this this demographic of people. So, how many? Can you give me some stats on like how many states do y'all serve? How many people do y'all serve yeah. on a regular basis? At Appalachia, the region of Appalachia, officially covers parts of 13 states. The only state that's completely Appalachia is uh, West Virginia. But that starts in southwest New York state. It comes down, it goes through a big, about two-thirds of uh, Pennsylvania, and comes down through Kentucky, western Virginia, east, east Kentucky, northeast Tennessee, and goes all the way down and over to Northeast Mississippi okay. to cover parts of 13 That's states. Incredible. Now, within that, the neediest part of all of Appalachia is Eastern Kentucky. Okay. And it's substantially so. Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky, has more than double the number of distressed Appalachian counties of any of the other oh, states. Wow. As you can imagine, Southwest New York State does not have a lot of poverty sure. compared to Eastern Kentucky, Western West Virginia, uh, these areas. And so, um, now Mississippi, a lot of folks think of Mississippi as a state of great need, and there is quite a bit of poverty there, but uh, not nearly as much. And the, there are four or five Appalachian counties in Western Maryland. But they're not. And can you tell us a little bit, Guy, what does that look like when a county is in distress? Like, what do the homes look like and what do the communities look like? Yes. You know, poverty looks different today in some regards than it did decades ago. Uh, but there are there's a higher percent of manufactured housing, what we might refer to as mobile homes, homes that were built to last 20 years that are now 40 and 50 years old out of need. Oh, wow. And uh, so we do a lot of improvement of property. And so that's uh, one, one thing to keep in mind. But here's what it looks like. In Eastern Kentucky, we have many counties in which we uh, deliver our services or minister to the people, serve the people, where the unemployment rate 
is at least three times and sometimes four times the national average. So you oh just think gracious. right now we've got a national unemployment rate of under 4%. We have counties in eastern Kentucky that have 14 and 16% unemployment. Wow. So what happens is what our founder, Reverend Biding, said, he said, you know what I find more than anything is, yes, there's a lack of food, there's a lack of clothing and safe, warm and dry homes. But what I find more than anything is the poverty of the spirit. And so one of the things that I say in Cap's mission of building hope, transforming lives and sharing Christ's love through service in Appalachia, one of the most important things we deliver is we help deliver hope to people who are hopeless or on the verge of hopelessness because they just don't know to whom they can turn to ask for help. And there's such a cycle, isn't there? It feels like, uh, I mean, I've been caring about and really loving the people of Appalachia through books and TV and visiting. And it's just been a people group that's had my heart for a really long time. But when you read books about, I mean, it's been like generations and generations of really deep poverty. We call that generational poverty. And and here's what happens. As as we know, uh, education is so critical. But I'm going to use my own father who grew up in the heart of coal mining country in Harlan County, Kentucky. It does not get any more devastating than Harlan County, Kentucky. Uh, He grew up in a community called Wallens Creek that for many years now has not been able to afford to turn its four or five street lights on because they just don't have the revenue. Coal mining has been diminished. Over 10,000 coal mining jobs in eastern Kentucky have been lost uh, in the last seven or eight years. And while we hear national dialogue about uh, bringing back coal, we know in our heart of hearts that those jobs by and large aren't coming back. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so those are some of the things that create unemployment. The other thing we're dealing with is, is, uh, is isolation. We have really good roads in most of Eastern Kentucky now, but if you are located two hours plus from a major interstate, Mm-hmm. There's no manufacturer that's going to come locate oh, to sure. you to then yeah. have to truck their goods in and out uh, two hours into the mountains. So and the so, jobs are very limited. That's right. Someone has to drive often an hour to two hours mm-hmm. if they don't want to relocate uh, to, to find a, a decent job now, especially those that have been displaced by losing a coal mining job. Uh, the other thing I would say, too, is people often ask the question, Annie, well, why don't they just move out? Right. Well, Appalachia is populated primarily by people from Germany, Scotland, Wales, Ireland, and England. Yep. And they're the folks that came from those areas that found the Appalachian Mountains provided the kind of terrain in which they lived and in which they felt safe. These are folks that have a fierce, sometimes hard to understand love of the land. It may be 20 acres that's not worth very much, but darn it, it's their 20 acres, and they cling to that land. And they've owned it for four generations, and they just rather stay there and put another trailer on it. And If If I can't have my land, I'm not going anywhere. The reason CAP has been successful for now 
in our 54th year is that we haven't shown up on people's doorsteps and said, we are here to help you. Mm -hmm. We are here to save you from yourselves. What we have done is moved in and spoken truth to them in love that says, we are your neighbors. We live here. We work here. Is there anything you need, anything we can help you with? And so we come alongside and build trust. And through that trust, we're able to impact one family, one individual uh, to help them help themselves. Well, I'm going to interrupt Annie and Guy halfway into their conversation. Such a good conversation, right? I can't wait for you to hear the rest of it. To remind you that The New Activist is presented by International Justice Mission. IJM is working to end slavery in our lifetime. And this year, we want to invite you to our birthday party. <laughs> it's kind of a birthday party. I don't know if there will be balloons and cake, but there should be. But after 20 years of anti-slavery work around the world, IJM is hosting a momentous event called Liberate. This gathering will include all of IJM staff and people and supporters and volunteers who are passionate about ending slavery, and they will all gather together to celebrate, to pray, to worship, and to look towards the future. I am particularly excited about this because of uh, kind of the international component to it. Because every year we have a, a prayer gathering and it's people from around the US and that's wonderful. But this year we're gonna see so many of our supporters and friends and colleagues from Africa and India and all around the planet really. It's gonna be just a very uh, multicultural, beautiful event. I cannot wait to be there and I really hope that you will join us to that end. If you would like to get $20 off your ticket, all you have to do is enter in the promo code the new activist. Put it all as one word, the new activist. We will also be doing some live new activist recordings there. I would love to spend time with you and chat with you more about IJM and the new activist and whatever else is on our collective minds together. So to attend Liberate and get more info about it, go to liberategathering.org and make sure you enter in the promo code the new activist. Here is part two of the conversation between Annie F. Downs and Guy Adams. Tell me about the people, like kind of just describe, because there may be some of our friends who are listening that don't really haven't, haven't thought about the Appalachian people and haven't thought about their poverty, but also haven't thought about their strengths and their yeah. giftings and what they add to our, our national culture and the, and that story. Will you talk a little bit about that side of the community that you're yes, serving? Yes. These are people who take care of each other. Uh, they have a variety of talents. You know, the stereotype would be, well, they all, they, they can all play a guitar or banjo and play bluegrass music or country <laughs> right. music. And, uh, but they're more talented than that. They're, they're as smart as anybody. Uh, they just have been raised in a more isolated environment. So they may not be, if they yeah. haven't gone off to college, they may not have been exposed to the greater world in quite the same way that uh, that many kids that live in more suburban or urban areas are exposed, good and bad. Um, but they are sure. willing to work. They just all they can't always find the work. So the stereotype of everybody who is impoverished sitting on their porch waiting for a government check, waiting for the 
a handout to come is we have just found to be totally, uh, or not totally, but largely untrue. These are, these are good people that given the opportunity, they will help themselves and they want to help themselves. And so uh, that's what I would say. They're as smart as anybody. They just maybe haven't been because of isolation. They haven't been exposed to the larger world in quite the same way that people that live closer to population centers are exposed. And I think people um, probably it, miss that a little bit, not understanding that literally these people live in live in the hollers, live down in the valleys between mountains, and and it takes a lot of work yes. to get out, even just to go to a concert or to go to an airport. That 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 just isn't a thing. They stay in the communities that they can get to within the holler, and and so while they have access to TV and maybe internet. They, it's not like they're experiencing the national culture like many people yes. in urban settings. I'll give you an example of an elderly uh, participant. We call our the folks we help participants because they participate in their own pulling up. And I uh, like that term, participants. They're not clients. They're, they're participants. She does something for other elderly folks that we visit. Uh, just to give you an idea, she'll say, I am homebound and you come and you bring me food and you come and visit me. And on occasion, you'll take me to the doctor and I appreciate that. But my hands and arms still work and I can I can crochet these little lap throws that may be two feet by two feet, but they're little things that elderly folks will throw on their lap when there, it gets a little cold outside just to kind of give a little extra warmth. Yeah. And uh, she makes those and has been giving those to us to give to other seniors for many years. And then I will tell you a beautiful wow. story about her that uh, we found out about six years ago. Our two workers were visiting her and she said, I want to share something with you. She said, you see my little place here? <laughs> it's not much of a place by most people's standards. Mm -hmm. She says, when I die, Cap gets it all. Oh. You know, that only happens once in a great while because we're not out there promoting folks to give us their land. Sure. But she said, you all have been so good to me and my people for so long, and all my people are gone now. I'm the only one left. You get it all. And so... uh it's just one of the most incredible stories of a generous spirit. So it's, it's, she helps us too, because she gives us something that we can take and give to others. Yeah. And um, that's just a beautiful story about Christian love and caring. So she's not looking for a handout. She's, she was looking for a hand up and, uh, but she's willing to help others. Yeah. I um I also think it's really interesting. To, it, you know, so many of our listeners to this particular podcast, the New Activist, are in their mid twenties. Can you kind of talk about what's someone's life like that's twenty five years old that is living in this particular kind of poverty that you're seeing? Yes, you know, more young people of the age you speak are going to college than ever before. And that is true also for Eastern Kentucky and, and the, what, what we call Central Appalachia, which is Eastern Kentucky, Northeast Tennessee, Southwestern Virginia, and Western West Virginia. That's, that's the most impoverished of the impoverished Appalachian region. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Eastern Kentucky, the worst. 
but a higher number of those kids have access because there is a, an excellent network in Eastern Kentucky and other states of community colleges. So they can, they can begin taking, especially if they have some academic promise, uh, they can start taking uh, community college or college credit courses in high school. Uh, But a lot of them will go to the community colleges and they can do that with reasonable funding amounts. And if they are Pell Grant eligible, uh, in addition to student loans, they can do much of that through uh, basically grants instead of having to borrow a lot of debt. And so uh, you see a lot of folks with completed associate's degrees. Then the challenge comes, where do they get hired? Of course, it's easier. There are more opportunities if they go on and finish a four-year degree. But we have record numbers of of young people completing four-year degrees in eastern Kentucky. By and large, though, those are the young people that are going to probably have to relocate to have the best chance of opportunity. I'm living in Lexington, Kentucky, where our philanthropy operation is. And the unemployment Mm -hmm. here is under 4%, or right at 4%. You know, there's you can you can hire a lot of people when when right. you're that low on uh, a workforce, and so uh, most likely of the larger cities in Kentucky, a lot of Eastern Kentucky folks they won't make it over to Louisville, which is another 68 miles west of Lexington. But we're sitting here in Lexington, the heart of the bluegrass region, six and a half miles is where I am. Our offices here. Uh, six and a half miles from the Appalachian border. And so folks in eastern Kentucky, if they want more opportunities, can come to a place like Lexington and say, well, at least I'm no more than two hours from home. Uh, Or they can make it to London, Kentucky, which is uh, south of here, about an hour and a half, uh, uh, but on I-75. And so it's closer to uh, a, a major interstate and and so they, they end up in communities like that that are smaller, but you really have to come. And I think that's fascinating for for our, for me to hear and for my friends listening to hear that literally these people could be as close as an hour from life outside of poverty and they can't get there. Yeah. So I want to ask you one more question before we hang up, if you don't mind, because one of the things I would love for my friends who are listening and myself to think about is when Jesus says, love your neighbors. I mean, if you're talking about that, this is existing in 13 states, that's a big chunk of us who you are literally talking about our neighbors. You, these aren't people that are, that we have to fly yeah. to. I can, I can drive to you by this afternoon if I wanted to, right? Like, like this is my neighbors yeah. that this is happening to and that I can be a part of. What does it look like for us? You know, this show is called The New Activist. What does it look like for us to be activists for our neighbor um, when it comes to the people of Appalachia? The way I look at it is I help charities outside of Appalachia. Of course, CAP is my number one charity, and I give as generously to CAP every year as I can and as my wife will allow me to. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, she has her charities too, uh, but CAP is a big number one. But here's what I would say. If we as Christians are open to sharing God's love, then the truth is everyone's our neighbor. And I would say, look for opportunities to help. I am very concerned about people in need in Appalachia, but that does not mean that I don't give when there's a hurricane in another country or a a, a, a terrible uh, challenge in around the world somewhere. I 
also support uh, Feed the Children and, and World Vision and some of these international outreaches, Compassion mm-hmm. International. But I know where I put the focus and I can reach out and touch these people and help them because they literally are my neighbors. But whether someone's literally your neighbor or figuratively your neighbor, we can figure out a way to love them, even if that may mean we just pray for them. Uh, Prayer changes things and uh, is powerful. And so financial charitable gifts are, are important. Uh, but prayer and and talking about folks and knowing about what their challenges are, uh, it, it's all helpful in, in reaching out and supporting our neighbors as we would support each other. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this today, Guy. I'm so, well, so thank grateful. You. Thank you, Annie, and God bless you and your listeners. Well, that was Annie F. Downs, and Annie is still with us. Annie, tell me, you know, we just listened to your whole conversation with Guy and are processing it. I'm curious, as you've listened back to it and considered, what what has particularly resonated with you? Yeah, I mean, part of it is uh, my, and I texted you this while the interview was happening, but I feel it again, Uh, my heart is beating out of my chest. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I just feel teary and feel so um, moved to do something. Right. I I mean, really, this is this is the start for me of of becoming what I've wanted to be in this space for years. And so Mm -hmm. I um, I, I'm so moved by guys commitment by by they he keeps saying that they call all the people they serve their participants because they don't just hand things to them. They partner with them. And I, that just is, that's what I need in my life in Nashville, Tennessee. I need people who yeah. don't hand me things, but who make me a participant in the life I want to have. And I just love what they're doing. I love the longevity of it. I love that it's 50 something years old. I love, you know, I love the new activists. I listen to the show all the time. I love that we have an older guy on here telling <laughs> us what it looks like to do this well for a long time. Yeah. Like, these investments aren't like drop $30 and you've changed someone's life. It's like, no, like invest 30 years. Yeah. And help these people break out of a cycle that is um, continuing to keep their family and future generations in poverty. And so I'm just, um, I'm really grateful that CAP exists. And I'm really excited about what this, what this is going to look like for me to be a part. I'm like, Eddie, get in the car. Let's go. Let's go see it. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to Eastern Kentucky. Let's go see what they do. Okay. I, I would be remiss though, because you're also sort of our pastor on this. And I, and I want to, want to ask you a question because a lot of people yeah. when who listen to this show have these sort of moments where they've heard about, you know, uh, racial inequality and it's like, whoa, I, I got to do something. My heart is racing or, you know, they've heard one of the interviews and you're sort of, and this is sort of a meta thing, but you're having this moment on the show in real time in front of us. I'm curious, just in terms of like, it's one thing to feel a sense of, um, inspiration and your heart's beating fast, but I'm curious what, what you will be telling yourself to actually translate that into taking a next step because ultimately you have to do something to do something. Yeah. Do you know, that's the interesting thing here is that, um, we can all have these feelings and do nothing with them. <laughs> right. Which, right? I, which I do all the time. I, I do too. Right. You're allowed to do that. <laughs> um, 
so for me, what I am, what I've said to myself since I talked to Guy is I've said, you do not stop here. <laughs> you do not stop here. And so that's why I told, that's one of the reasons I told you right away, I'm going to do something because I immediately knew I need to do something and someone needs to know I'm going to do something. Mm. And so I told you, and today I have a call with my manager and I'm going to tell her. And I told Guy, I told Guy, we're not done, you know? Yeah. And so, and so for me, the next step is because of my job. So it's not just donating and becoming a, a donor with them, though that is part of what I'll do and what right. I encourage people to do. Right. Um, is, but, th- but there's a partnership here where I can help them be seen. Right. And, and so that's my next move right. is how do we get caps seen by more eyes of people? And you know what, Eddie, it also looks like if, if this is moving people to recognize that there's poverty so close to them that they can do something about, do something about the poverty that is so close to you. Mm. Like go serve at, at, this sounds so cheesy, go serve at a food kitchen or mm. clean out your closet and take your clothes somewhere that really matters right away. You yeah. know, like do something right now for the poverty that's right around you because there are people that you are in the same grocery store with mm. who are barely able to get by. And there is a way we can help them. And I am, uh, I am unwilling to continue to not be an activist in this. Mm. AFD, thank you for uh, being a part of this and for using your and voice. Thanks for letting me, Eddie. It is like, so, you, you, like literally, I'm going to get teary saying this to you. It is like such a gift that you open this door for me because I have wanted to and I care. And I just didn't know how. And you, sorry. Oh, you don't, you don't need to be. You just made a way. You made a way for me to care for people I have wanted to care about. So thank you. Thank you. You did the hard work here. I am the, I am the very, very grateful recipient of um, being a part of this episode. Well, that is, you don't need to be sorry. It's very kind of you to say, and I'm, I'm glad that we get to be a part of this with you, buddy. Yeah. Thanks. Well, if you would like to get involved with the Christian Appalachian Project, and I hope you would, the the best place to go is to their website. They have a great website. It's Christian App, A-P-P, ChristianApp.org. And on that website, there is just real clear links to their social media. I would, step one, follow them on all social media just so that you can sort of be aware of what's happening. But also... Uh, on the top, there are four different buttons. It talks about about us. It talks about their impact, what they're doing specifically, and really dives into some of the stuff that Guy was sharing with Annie. And then it says ways to get involved. And these aren't generic ways. I mean, yes, you should give. And there's a button there, give now. Let's give money to them. But also, if you're in one of those 13 states or anywhere close, there's volunteer opportunities. There's long-term and short-term and summer camps and community volunteering. I mean, it, it could not be more clear how to take next steps with Christian Appalachian Project. And I hope you would do that and let us know. I, I love, I, I just, I don't want these shows to exist just in a cloud. I would love to know what you're doing and I know Annie would as well. So make sure to hit us up on social media. Speaking of which, Annie F. Downs can be reached at AnnieFDowns.com. There you will find information about her latest book, 100 Days to Brave, a wonderful book. Start it. Let us know. I'd love for you to read it, hear your thoughts on that. But also, all of her social media is right there, and she is great on social and would love to connect with folks. So, AnnieFDowns.com. While we are in the website sharing mood, 
You can go to newactivist.is. That is our website. You can find out more about the show and follow all of our social media, both Facebook and Twitter. Our new activist is Look forward to chatting with you there. Our music today was provided by The Brilliance. You can find out more about this great band, where they're on tour, their music, their merch, all of that good stuff at thebrilliancemusic.com. And also, if you have a moment, please go over to the New Activist page on iTunes and leave us some stars and talk about the show. Some folks did that this week. It was both very touching and we're very grateful for that, but also it helps other people find the show. So it is not a stretch to say that we can be supportive to organizations like the Christian Appalachian Project by going and leaving stars on iTunes. It really does help people hear about their story and get the word out there. So go to iTunes. Thank you so much. And with that, we go back into the world. On behalf of Annie F. Downs, Guy Adams of the Christian Appalachian Project, my colleagues at International Justice Mission, as well as the relevant podcast network, I am Eddie Koffeltz. Take care, friends. Thank you for listening to the New Activist Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. And for more relevant podcast network shows, check out the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com.